Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And uh, boys, we have a we have a full slate of topics today, uh, including Christmas parades. Pipe, you you texted us from uh, a Christmas parade in which your daughter was dancing, which that in and of itself is probably mm. sinful. But um, <laughs> does it matter if it's like ballet and tap as opposed to like does. I don't know dancing to Beyonce or something like that? that? Does. It's all it probably it's does. Awesome. Now, at the Southern Baptist Institution uh, that I'm most familiar with, the way we get around that is we actually have a a class that involves the D word, but it's called rhythms. So if you call it rhythms. Also, also effective <laughs> since most of the students there are white. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and they lack the very thing that, That's they're, right. that they're learning about. Introducing them to the very concept. Introducing them to the very concept of rhythms. So – Along those lines, you texted us miserably from this Christmas parade. I remember the day. It was about 41 degrees and, and raining sideways, and uh, it just seemed like the worst place on earth to be. Now, for me, um, all parades are the worst place on earth to be because they're <laughs> loud and they involve the general public. Um, wanted to get your guys' take, though, on Christmas parades. How do we feel about this? Big R, obviously, being the the Christmas aficionado in the group, Um I assume that he he probably sponsors his own Christmas parade there in in uh, in a town. Or actually, what would it look like, boys, if uh, if Sojourn, the Sojourn cohort um, church planting network, had its own parade? Man, what would that look like? Oh man, I don't. I mean, I yeah. It's, I mean, sh- you know, I, yeah, look, guys, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to be shock. This is going to be kind of a shock for for both you and maybe our listeners. So I want you, if you're if you're near something and you can grab a hold of something, brace yourself. Yes, I'm sitting. I, I'm sitting good. down. So. Okay, yeah, please be sitting down, listeners. It's please sit down. Radio. It's responsible radio, right? I, we're we're taking care of our listeners right now. I uh, I'm I'm not I'm not down with Christmas parades. It's it's mm. one of the it's mm. like one Christmas thing that I'm not into. Here's what's crazy, I think right? You mean, I think you mean the one Christmas thing you're not into. The one Christmas thing I'm not into. I mean, there might be one or two other things, right? But like this is definitely in the top two of the two things that I'm not into in regards to Christmas. But man, so I, when I moved to Ohio, there was no such thing as Christmas parades out in uh, California, right? Right. Um, so like I, I never grew up ever in my life going to a Christmas parade. So then I moved to this small town and like they do this Christmas parade sure. and like it's 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 like one of the you know, I'm going to get in trouble for this. It's literally one of the worst like the worst things like you've ever seen. You know well, what I mean? Like I mean, obviously the weather's miserable. Like what what else is bad about it? Well, number one, they do it two weeks before Thanksgiving. What do you think about sure. that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So it might have been like 74 degrees that day in Ashland. Yeah, I mean yeah, it was or, just a, it was a beautiful, really beautiful 74 degree balmy, balmy yeah. day in the fall, right? To Everybody's out in their parade. Ohio State t-shirts and khaki shorts. Yeah, and that's just everyday life here, right? Everybody wearing red, everybody wearing sure. blood red. Yeah, sure. and uh, so yeah, so then they do this parade, and it's just like it's just like people in their cars, like driving up the street, you know, playing like a holly jolly Christmas from Burl Ives, you know, like, and I'm like that, like that's the parade, like that's why the whole town is standing, you know, out in Main Street right now watching this thing. So like, I just man, it just it was like a thing to me where I saw it and I went, this is not. Christmas. Mm, mm. So yeah, I don't get it. I'm I'm a little out on it. Well, and guys, I'm sorry. I'm 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 kind of fixated now on this idea of what a a sojourn Christmas parade <laughs> or a hipster Christmas parade would look like. What what would that include? So it wouldn't be. It would be like it would, it would be like Suf John Stevens Christmas albums playing. Suf John Luke. Stevens kind of 
and everybody kind of moping and shuffling around. Yeah, right? Not, not yeah. making eye contact instead of, you know, handing out like uh, double bubble gum to the kids on the side. They would they'd be like handmade candy canes that, you know, mm-hmm. taste like yeah. soap or something like that. Yeah. Guys, the reason why it's so hard for you guys to come up with that is because Sojourn would probably not be a Christmas loving network. And the reason why is because most pastors don't love Christmas in general, which is the reason why I'm actually writing an article on on why pastors hate Christmas right now. It's just it's kind of a uh, it's kind of an in church phenomenon. Maybe why do pastors hate Christmas? I don't get this. Uh, most most pastors I've met like literally. Like they absolutely hate Christmas. They're Why? Christmas haters because like this, they just try to get through the season. They hate it. It's like the worst time of the year for them. They feel like all of their, you know, all their responsibilities like triple. They, they got to come up with like another innocuous, like cheesy sermon about like angels. Like they, they just, they, they don't, most of the guys I've met are like, please just get me through the year. Through, mm. Please get me through this. Well, there's it's all these like. It's Christmas. Christmas in church is like uh, is it's like you take all the the social pressures of Christmas in society, where you have to go to all the stupid parties and buy all the presents and all that. But then you stack on like a bunch of religious expectations on top of it. So there's like services and music programs and all this stuff, and it's just so it it's it's all that without any of the presents. Like it's it is just a high pressure <laughs> month. Mm. So it's just all of the obligations, none of the gifts. That's what you're breaking it down to, Piper. Yeah, and uh, and no spiked eggnog. Like it's like it's just <laughs> you got you got. Big no- T, do you love how Piper just didn't even like he didn't even equivocate on that? It was like, yeah, that's it. That's what it is. We got to do is. everything, and nobody buys us any presents. That sounds miserable, you guys. Well, and and so the other reason it's hard to come up with a hipster Christmas parade is because. Very few things are more commercial than like a Christmas parade. It's like local it's it's businesses and politicians totally. and all this stuff and like and then it's and then it's you know it's Dude, all, yeah, it's all that like modern era stuff. You get all like the commercial thing. Christmas stuff and nobody is less commercial than hipsters. Like can, getting a group of hipsters together is I mean, like the only people who are successful at that is church plants and uh and like singer songwriters. So <laughs> That's true. Sojourn's already done this, man. They've already got the corner on this, man. Yeah, they so, don't so good luck getting them to walk around in the cold in their uncomfortable boots. I guess that's what I want, Pipe. I want them walking around in the cold in their in their in their tight jeans. Is that too much to ask? Can we can Just, we can we get them into their tight jeans in the cold, clutching like a, uh, a pour over coffee and and pour over eggnog? And, yeah, and, and shuffle. We'll, yeah, Sufjan we'll, we'll, we'll do a we'll do a pour over eggnog station for our Christmas again. Not Eve service, but Eve of the Eve. No, service, Ronnie, do you obviously. actually like eggnog? You know what? I actually can't stand it. I, I actually. It's like yeah. mold snot. It's the it's the mm. nastiest substance. Never heard it described like that. It's just a little. Uh, it's it's a little too sweet for me. I'm not like it's just a little too sickly sweet for me. Right? Yeah, I don't know. No, that that texture is just. It's my it's, wife like guzzles it all day. So like every day she's just been. You know, she's been like semi drunk on eggnog now for the last like, you know, how how many days into December are we? Six days. Yeah. I mean, it's just literally like At this she, point. She who just, cares? Just she, get to the end of it. If, if we make that's it all she December. Does. Yeah, exactly. Like get to the December and then she has to go to she literally has to go to, you know, she, she has to go like dry out from eggnog for the month of January. You know, it's insane. Well, as you know, what's not sickly sweet. Uh, the dazzling array of of holiday uh, options from Missional Wear, our sponsor for today's Ooh, yes. episode. 
Uh, what a Mitchell, transition, Big T. That was that was really good. You know, that was gold. Was, yeah, gosh, it's radio magic, you guys, and and it's the kind of thing that that happens with uh, with with frequency here on the program, man. Because I, mean, I get to do yeah. I get to do radio like with you, fine gentlemen. Well, I know, and that was so. I mean, I mean, Big T, that was so smooth that that I, I kind of think maybe we're getting too slick now. I mean, that was that was incredibly slick. Man. Maybe we might be getting too slick. We're getting too commercial. That's uh, what I mean. I'm start. I'm starting to feel like a hipster at a Christmas parade right now. Like I know I'm you're feeling a little uncomfortable this. by this. We, we are. So I, mean, I am a little uncomfortable with this. Right? You're feeling uncomfortable by how how seamlessly I integrated commerce into the our typical gritty discussions. Um, it's, it's but, right. It's like I walked into a room with pump coffee instead of a pour over station. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like know. You, what you walked into a mall in the 1980s, man. Is what that's you, what I mean. I don't know what to do. Like, hey, look, there's like a there's like a, a record and tape cassette store. Yeah. What do I do with that? There's a Tower Records. Wait, what did they call those places? There was Tower Records. And then there was what was the other one? Licorice Pizza. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the record and tape place. I mean, it was um, Virgin Records, um, Virgin Records, Tower Records. Not it's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of back in the day, a bunch of old. School back ones. in the day, I'm trying to think of the, like they, '80s mall. They held store. down a yeah, they held down a corner a corner spot in every mall. So like you had the yes. department store, and you walk out of the department store, and it's the first place on your right in every single mall. Dude, uh, that's so true, yeah. man. So true. Yeah, it'll come to me later. But pipe, why don't you tell us about these uh, uh, these terrific products from Missional Wear, which uh, one day allegedly we'll we'll see arriving on our doorstep. Yes, that's true. I mean, we're we're telling you all this on hearsay because we haven't seen all of our swag yet. But uh, no, so Mission Aware has kind of a full array of gifts for the uh, your most beloved Calvinist or the person you most want to become a Calvinist because nothing will convert somebody like a coffee mug. Uh, if, Absolutely. If, if churches have proven anything over the years, it's the effectiveness of, of coffee mugs and free t-shirts to uh, to save people um but if uh if you're more inclined they also do pint glasses they also have uh they have sweatshirts and and uh wall hanging art like prints of different things like the five solas and different quotes and then if you're not sure what that uh, that reformed or yet to be reformed person would like they do both digital and paper gift certificates so you can let them pick their own swag and then maybe just point them to the happy rant section where they can get uh, they can get their t-shirts and their coffee mugs and their their yeti style tumblers and their moleskins and their pint glasses and all that stuff so just go to missionalware.com look all that stuff up it it really is a pretty good selection of gift uh gift giving um items and then uh yeah so i'm looking at it now they they have a 500 years of reformation um design that came out recently they have a john calvin charles spurgeon hoodie they have uh they have one that features an outline of spurgeon's beard uh mm. that sounds that sounds like some sort of a strange expression like spurgeon's beard um they have one about <laughs> killing sin or it'll be killing you that involves a skeleton and a dagger and somebody who looks like he's being beheaded so i mean they got Ooh, all sorts terrific. of cool stuff on here yeah i mean you can go sort of gothic and dark I think I said, oh, they have Bible covers if you are uh, if you are so inclined. I th- is okay. So are Bible covers a serious thing now, or are they an, an ironic thing now? I think they're ironic. I would go ironic. That that. that would be my inclination, but uh, but I also attend a Southern Baptist church, and I know they're not ironic for everybody. So whether you are or are not an ironic Bible cover user, you can get yours there as well. So again, missionalware.com. Dude, has, has irony even hit the Southern Baptist church? Is that even yeah. a term that? 
they were 25 and, years behind irony. And the Southern the Southern Baptist Church hit back. Let's let's be clear about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no yeah, irony allowed. Yeah, no Absolutely. irony, no short skirts, and no beer. Um, so yeah, go to missionalware.com, check that stuff out, get a gift certificate for somebody if you are indecisive and can't figure out what they would like or you don't know their size. Um, and then one other thing we wanted to highlight, um, since we talk a lot on this podcast, and you may be interested in having us come and talk a lot for you for retreats, conferences, weekend services, whatever it is, Ted and Ronnie and myself all do speaking uh, when available. And so if you go to the the Happy Rant tab on the Blazing Center, so the theblazingcenter.com is where this podcast is hosted. And if you go to the the Happy Rant tab, there are links to where you can book any either of us, either of us, each of us to speak if that interests you. So um, we would love to be invited. We uh, we all enjoy doing that. So go to that Happy Rant tab on the theblazingcenter.com and uh, invite us to come speak. You could book all three of us if you wanted to. That would be pretty amazing. Wow. That would I be mean, really amazing. There's nothing that, I'd like more than to do a, a speaking gig with the two of you gentlemen. I know. What would we talk about, Big T? What do you think? Like, What would you like us to talk about? Why don't we give some listeners some ideas about yeah. some of the things we would talk about? I got an idea. What? Uh, what Pipe texted me about during Sunday afternoon football this last week. Uh-oh. This is a this is what in, we in the radio business, Big R, call a segue into our next topic. And nobody's better at that than you, baby. Mm, thank you, baby. Pipe, do you remember what you asked me via text last week? Um, let's During see. Sunday afternoon football. Which which subject was this? I feel like we've texted so often. Was it uh, was it about yeah. how you how you discuss with your sons some uh, some uncomfortable commercials that end up on television? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Um, if you watch pro or college football, you know that um, there is a glut of erectile dysfunction uh, advertising out there that you have to sit through as a fan of either sport. Now, what that says about us as football fans, pipe. I don't want to go there. I don't. I don't. I don't want to think about it. Um, I think but, it means that football fans are compensating for something. <laughs> that could very well be. That could very well be. Big R. I'm just going to let you go get a cup of pour over coffee. So. That should take you about 25 minutes to make. And by that, I mean two hours. And uh, just just come on back in after you're done with that. But Pipe, I'm already back. My wife, wife already dropped a, a, just a gallon of eggnog at my. <laughs> Pipe, you asked the very serious question. How do I handle this with my boys? Uh, my boys are eighth grade and fourth grade. So um, they are very much in the, the curious wanting to watch football with dad years and uh, wanting to know about all these things. So uh I have to tell you, though, man, with my older one, I already handled this because of a road trip that we took together. And I, I don't know. Maybe this this could be an interesting conversation. It sounds like a really interesting road trip. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. Some, some parents do the old bait and switch and they like tell their kids they're taking a fun road trip, but then actually like talk to them about sex on the road trip. And um, <laughs> which I think is a really dirty trick, man. And I get really mad whenever people like talk about having done that to their kids. But this was not that kind of road trip. This was just a fun one. We drove out west, drove to Colorado. We actually heard your dad speak pipe, uh, went up through uh, through Minnesota and South Dakota and, Boy, and that, had a great that trip. That tees up a conversation about sex like nothing else. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> nothing says let's talk about sex like a John Piper sermon. But um, we were actually driving back through Nebraska, and this was probably, I don't know, Tristan was probably in like fifth grade. And um, – we were we had stopped at like a gas station to use the bathroom and we were standing there. I don't know if I can say this on the air, but we were peeing. Um, we were peeing next to each other. We were in side by side urinals, and above us was 
a, uh, a condom dispenser. And I kind of looked at it and looked at Tris and he looked at me and I, I'm like, here it comes, man. This is going to be the conversation, you know, we're going to have this talk in a bathroom in Nebraska in a sad, depressing gas station bathroom. And uh, lo and behold, we had the talk. It wasn't that bad. And um, and that was the end of it. But uh, so, yeah. So when those what's commercials come up, I don't get a whole lot of questions anymore. Uh, at most, I'll get like a, a a snicker and kind of a look away, you know, um, like they don't really want to talk about it. They know I don't want to talk about it. And that's uh, that's kind of the end of it. But uh I don't know, Pipe. What? How would you handle that? Well, I thankfully my daughters much prefer watching basketball and baseball to football, and for whatever reason, in those other sports, these commercials mm-hmm. are not as prevalent. So, I've uh, so far ducked this problem. What What raised the question was the amount of ire I saw from at least one guy who I know to be a fairly conservative pastor on Twitter, mm-hmm. who just uh, he was very displeased with Cialis. For the mm. side-by-side bathtub commercials, um, okay, because of the, uh, he called it an instant mute and how uncomfortable it made him and inappropriate for young viewers and whatnot. Which you know, wow. I guess it's it's not something that's necessarily appropriate for young viewers, but uh, but I was mostly amused at how angry he was. You know, the, dude, the whole, that is funny. That instant he, he mute, thanks, like, Cialis. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I guess I. I've been around those ads for so long that it's just kind of funny now. And uh, they used to be a lot funnier, actually. Like in the in the early iterations of those ads, they were really over the top. Yeah, when it was like a side-by-side bathtub like out in a vineyard or something, and you're like, what? <laughs> or no, dude, it was, like, it was like some dude like polishing a baseball bat, you know what I mean, with like a... <laughs> <laughs> you remember they're, like, they're like, in case you don't know what we're talking about, here's some overt symbolism. Oh my gosh, man, yeah. Some guy walking around with a Louisville slugger in his hand, you know? It was crazy. I always find it funny when, like, when that moment strikes and like the guy's grilling steaks. I'm like, if he leaves right now, those steaks are going to be ruined. Man. It's ruined. like fifty bucks down the yeah. drain. I you mean, know, and and both of them are going to be mad about that because those. I mean, those are like prime porterhouse steaks that you don't exactly. just walk away from that. Yeah, you ruin the whole night at that point. You know, <laughs> Ronnie, what do you have to say on this? Any thoughts? Oh wait, were we just talking about something? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I you know, so like I, I'm just you know I'm watching Hulu and you know all that kind of stuff or Netflix and those ads come on and I just think I, they just seem so cheesy. You know what I mean? It's like you got like the you got like you got like the voice like doing you know you know you get the the narr- the narration. I feel like you always have the woman wearing like the oversized football jersey that's just sort of like pacing through the house. Yeah. And it's just like what like I it, it doesn't really seem catered for any one people group. You know what I mean? Like if right. you want to come at it from a marketing people standpoint. Group. People that don't exist, I think yeah. is right. it's like yeah. it's like who is this ad for exactly? You know what I and mean? They, well they, yeah. and they and they pitch these like they're consumer goods, but yeah. they require seeing a doctor. It, you, right. you can't just go like grab them like Tylenol, you know, it's, <laughs> and then, okay. So, so the, the latest, the latest uh, iteration of these commercials that, that always makes me laugh is that they advertise single packs. So like mm-hmm. you get, you get Viagra, which I think normally comes in a pill bottle, which mm-hmm. is not very big because it's a pill bottle. And now apparently <laughs> if you're traveling and you can't fit a pill bottle in your luggage, you can put mm-hmm. in a single pack of Viagra. And I'm like, wait, so that's, you can have sex one time. That's their selling point. Their, sell, yeah. their selling point is you can use one of these. Like, yeah. 
I don't I don't get it. I mean, you must be really overpacked if you can't put in like a a small pill bottle. Dude, you you would think you would leave out like an extra T-shirt just to make room for that pill bottle. I'm <laughs> no, thinking, yeah, just if it's that important of a trip, you know what I'm saying? I one one would assume, and I mean, and if it's a super short trip, like then you're not packing that much anyway. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. I don't know the logic behind this. It, it it is strange though, just philosophically, and this is maybe taking it like deeper than we want to, but. Um, I do think it's weird how, as a culture, we're just so rabidly averse to aging. You know what I'm saying? It's yes. just like any anything related to aging. It's all it, even in football. I mean, almost every product you see is some sort of like look younger, feel younger, be younger. Um, you know, sports talk radio. It's all like erectile dysfunction and testosterone therapy, and it's it's just weird, man. How we're not allowing people to ever grow older as a culture. You know. Um, it's like the worst thing you can do is acknowledge the fact that you're getting a little bit older, man. It's crazy. And even, I just think psychologically it's doing weird things to people. Well, it's clearly doing something strange to you because you're so worried about your thinning hair as of, I am what, two or three it, episodes ago. If there, if there was a pill for that, man, I'd take it. Pretty a sure. single I'm pack pretty, or, a, or a multi-pack. Pretty sure there are pills for that, aren't there? Or is that, uh, are there only like treatment therapies? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm not that worried about it, but uh, I am, but I'm not. You know what I mean? It's complicated. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it. You got your own thing going on with that. I got my own stuff going on with that. Right. We didn't, didn't, mean, didn't mean to uh, air out your dirty laundry. I apologize. Wow. No, I did, it, I did it on the program myself, man. I was it's in too honest to mood the other app. You really were, Big T. That was a, very that was a rare, rare moment for the program. Speaking of being in too honest a mood, man, this kind of tees us up for our third and final topic, which I think is our most interesting and which we can spend maybe the most time on. And which Ronnie uh, won't feel really uncomfortable about. Well, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He might feel uncomfortable about this. Guys, I'm just trying to stay employed. You know, let's... But, uh, Piper, you teed this one up uh, via text in our, uh, in our production meeting this morning. And it was about this issue. And we, we've kind of bumped up against this before. Uh, but this idea of persona... Um, how, how does one balance a private life and a public persona online? And I guess this is this is sort of germane for those of us who have a public persona because we're authors or because we're pastors or whatever the case may be. Um, but people who who seem to, I, I guess, have trouble balancing the private life and the public persona, like the idea that you need to share something publicly that happened privately in order to sort of validate it. Do you know what I'm saying here, Pipe? Yeah, and and I mean to to kind of add to that, I think <clears throat> doing like certain interactions that happen online that would just be way better to happen offline or would mean sure. more if they were offline. So part of what would spark this in my mind was actually a pretty serious thing. A, a friend of mine from high school uh, posted on Facebook not too long ago that her father recently passed away uh, very unexpectedly. And he was, I mean, he's probably 10 or 15 years younger than my dad. So, um, like this, this was a very shocking thing for the whole family. And so she posted it, just kind of putting word out to people and, and letting, letting people know. And there was just like this string of people who kind of gave her, you know, support and wishes publicly mm -hmm. on Facebook. Yeah. And, I'm fairly certain that all of those people had good intentions, but I know that my first interaction was like, if I don't post a I'm sorry under that, uh, under her post, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not kind of publicly validating my feelings of, of sympathy. Sure. When what would be more meaningful is to, to shoot a text or send it a, a private message that just says, Hey, 
you know, praying for your family, can't imagine what you're going through, but it's not a public thing. It's just an interaction between me and a friend uh, about that. And, and I feel like that's everything online now. Like you have to publicly validate your, your feelings, your outrage, your like, I mean, if you didn't post a picture of your Christmas tree, did you actually have a Christmas tree? If you're, <laughs> if you didn't post a picture of your kids decorating the Christmas tree, did they actually have a good Christmas? I mean, these kinds of things, so it's it's kind of all of that. So not just balancing like public and private persona for platformy kinds of people, but just right. like your average family. I feel like if it doesn't happen online, it's like it it was cheapened in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big R, what do you say about this, man? I uh, obviously am not in this world. I, I quit yeah, they, do you even have a life, Ted? No, I don't, man. I, do, I, do you I do no anything? Do, do Can you, you know, prove I, that you live, Ted? Are you, you prove I, I that you actually live? What, you, what's that, baby? I said, can you prove that you actually live? This show is actually the only proof that I live. <laughs> are, this is, this kids, is all that I do. <laughs> are your kids happy people? Like, I've never seen a picture of them being happy online, so I'm curious whether or not they are uh, Well, that must mean they're that they're miserable. miserable. Yeah. You know, I just follows then that logically one would say that they're miserable. So logically, one would question whether you have kids since we've never seen them online. And one would question whether or not I, I, I'm actually a fabulous father. Right. Because I haven't posted all kinds of happy pictures of me with my children. One would question uh, if you're actually a person. Big T. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, man. This this strikes at my very personhood. Right. You know, like, are, do you do you exist? <laughs> I don't know. That That's kind of what I'm going to be thinking about as you guys mull this over, man. It's really uh, we're, we're really striking a chord here this afternoon. I know it's big. I don't know what to think about it. I mean, we all post things. Pipe and I are online. We all post things. You know, Pipe occasionally posts things with his kids. I don't think it's a big deal at all. I do think like anything else and anything that's completely unmonitored, which is anybody's activity online. I mean, obviously, it's going to go off the rails, mm-hmm. you know, to, to the degree that we're talking about. And um, you know what, though? But I think you guys hit a nerve, though. I, I think in ter- this is what I always find weird. Uh, there's two things that always bother me about what people do on social media. Number one is the one thing you just mentioned, Piper, which is like deeply, deeply personal things like to the, of that nature, you know, which to me should be best dealt, you know, handled like between family members and friends, you know, on, on another, you know, on another format, right? Mm-hmm, Phone mm-hmm. calls, texts, whatever. Um, the other thing is um, be, besides that, it's when this, – this one drives me crazy. I don't see as much of it anymore, but it, like, it used to drive me crazy. Like when people would just dialogue and make plans online, right? So somebody mm-hmm. would Facebook somebody like, like – not like a private message, but just like publicly and say, hey, if you're not doing anything tonight, like do you want to like cruise over and we'll like watch that movie or, you know, or whatever? And like I, I always just thought like what? Like is this, like, is this what it's come to? Like you can't – you literally – this is the only way you can talk about like everything in your personal life. Um, yeah, so I, I just I think, think it's – people have, have more or less moved away from that because they recognize the very public nature. And you know, there's enough horror stories that have gone around, true or not, of you know people being stalked online and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean there's just – to me it's, it's as if – it seems to me that the mindset of a lot of people is if you're not if – it's, if it's not lived online, it's not lived fully. Mm, and yeah. to me, it's just the opposite. It's like the stuff that happens offline is usually the much, much more significant. And the stuff that happens online is just information. You know, like you post some pictures, you post some funny stuff like you or write articles or those kind of things like that's that's a piece of of maybe who I am or or things that I do. But all of the most significant interactions happen 
in conversation or or offline in some capacity and and I think a lot of people get it reversed and so they feel it's almost like it's like they're disappointed if they didn't get an awesome picture of a great experience they just had and that disappointment takes away from the experience like they didn't they couldn't have enjoyed that dinner or that time with their kids or whatever because they they didn't post about it or something that just it's a it's a weird phenomenon to me and then and then the the public sort of joining in on things like if I don't we've mm. talked about this like if I don't get in on this this current event or this trend or this hashtag or this um you know this this outrage then like I I'm sort of I'm I'm not validated I haven't proven something that needed to be proven I don't know it's just it's a weird but I mean do you think it like I mean that's a but see that's a great thing to get into I mean do you think that like all of these things have replaced in a sense kind of the idea of what the photo album used to be like I think people feel like if I don't and obviously it's going to be taken into other directions but yeah but you know here, here's the here's where the departure from the photo album big are I didn't walk around the grocery store with my photo album forcing everybody to look at it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, of course, even when yeah. even when people came by my house, I wasn't like, hey, have a look at my photo album. You know? Right, right. But my point is that like in people's minds, are they feeling like we have to capture something for posterity and like this now is is the method uh, in the format of which we have to do that, you know, which is just like, man, it's not even a real thing. It's not something we're going to have as a memory, I, you know, in, unless it goes on, in, unless we have some place to secure it. It's almost like social media now is where we like where we like hold these things, where we keep them, where we secure them. It's almost like safekeeping, right, for people. Mm. Except mm. it, it's kind of like that except the opposite is completely true where the more that gets posted, the less it matters. Like, right, exactly. The, the more pictures of, of happy couples on dates that I see, the less they stand out as like, wow, that's really you know good for them. And the more it's just like, oh, good lord, and scroll past it kind of thing. And, and I feel like people both overvalue and undervalue kind of just living life – you know, in the moment, Dude, you know, because look, the, I mean, it, it, it's ahead. a way to compete, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a way to compete and it's a way to give meaning to an otherwise pretty drab. And, and I, I say the word meaningless, not as a pejorative, but I mean, it's it's just not that interesting if you take your wife on a date or if you right. don't. I mean, I mean it really truly doesn't matter. It has no meaning. It is. It's a meaningful thing for two people in that block of time. For like, the two people involved. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. it's and so that's what I mean when when I say people overvalue because they take their mundane and they like publicize it. Now right. I, I recognize there is value in sharing some of that for friends and family from a distance, you know, so they can keep up with your kids and stuff like that. But that's like one percent or less of what what all is posted. Most of it's something else, and then they undervalue the actual enjoyment of that one and a half or two hours they have with a spouse or with friends or with their kids. Or at a sporting event, you know, like I, I have to conscientiously remind myself it's easier to watch. Like if I go to a baseball game or a football game, it's easier to watch it with my eyes than through the screen of a camera. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. and I enjoy it a lot more when I do that and start looking around and just sort of taking in what's around me. And nothing is lost if I don't post a picture. Like posterity right. is not affected because yeah. honestly, nobody's ever going to look at that picture ever anyway because there's four bazillion digital photos out there. All of which, you know, are of, of mundanity. I don't know that like we, you know, plus the other side of it, too, is just like not, you know, I, I don't think that people think that deeply about it. I just think it's almost like 
it's an it's almost like a it goes without saying that when you're at an event, if you're doing something that has some significance that, you know, whether it's an event or a date or, or whatever it is, I think it's just automatic now that people, you know, automatically want to want to chronicle it. You know what I mean? I don't even think it's thought of that deeply for a lot of people. It's just, well, of course, we're going to take a picture of it. Of course, we're going to post what we did online. Like, I don't even know that it's thought of that deeply. Like, we're talking about people feeling validation. Maybe that's true. But what that says is that that level of validation from posting online has just become the norm. But but I guess and I guess my question is, is wouldn't it be better to sort of disassociate ourselves from that validation or like unplug ourselves from it? Like, I love Twitter. But probably two days out of the week, I'm fairly jealous of Ted and the fact that Ted has no interaction with Twitter whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I love how you – Pipe, I love how you say that like that's not an option for you though. Well, it is an option, but like it's not – I mean if I was to weigh the pros and cons, it doesn't come out ahead. But there are sure, sometimes sure. I think it might, you know. And right. uh, But, but – the point that you just made, Ronnie, is one that makes me wonder – I mean if it's that deeply ingrained, like that seems like a problem to me. It seems like – Well, I think it is. I think it is a problem, but it's but it's become the norm now. It's it's. I just think it's the norm. I think it's the norm because nobody even thinks about it. You know, Nobody's yeah. questioning it. Nobody's saying, well, gosh, babe, I don't know. We're out. I mean should we – like should we do a selfie right as the meals land on the table and you can arrange your drink around it and it will look all amazing? Like should we – I just think it's done without any thinking, but, right? But have you ever been in a situation where you're with a group of people and like everybody's having a great time and you're laughing and you're whatever and then somebody's like, oh my gosh, we need a photo to post on Instagram and it's like – you can hear the brakes and the tires squealing on the fun that you guys were just having because dude, every time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Every time. It, it's, it is always a, it's, I mean, if you're doing it for yourself, then there's, you know, that's between you and your own ego. But, but when you do it with a group of people, like it's, it, you get the clash of the two worlds, the people who are enjoying the moment and the people who are interrupting the moment to publicly post it. And I don't know. It's just, I'm not trying to make a moral statement out of it. It's more just an observation of kind of where people find their – it seems like a validation thing to me. It seems like a, yeah. a validation of living a light, living life well or – I mean, Ted, you said competition. Yeah, that, that comparison kind of thing. I mean it's just – it's a really strange phenomenon and and it's, it got to me because of my own compulsion to be like I have to post a comment on this or else mm. I'm like I'm not a good friend. Yeah. And let me let me ask you guys another hypothetical question. Have you ever looked at a picture of two people on a date night who've just photographed their meal and themselves and gone, oh, how terrific for them. That's really great because I have not <laughs> that, That's not the response I have to that. Only if it's like, like my at best, parents. I roll my eyes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what no, I mean? that. Yeah, right. No, I'm with you, pipe. Yeah, if it's like something, if it's like something out of the norm, and you see somebody doing something that you would hope they would do that they don't do often, and then they actually yeah. took a picture of it, that's where I look. I go, well, that's not. I'm glad they did that. Great, but, and then you move on. Yeah, and it's know? and and the thing is like that. That matters because of everything that you know about those people offline. Exactly. It's you know it's it's the offline relationship. Like my one of my brothers, uh, they had twins a few years ago, and so for like two or three years, their life was just chaos because infant and toddler twins are insane. And then yeah. so when they were able to kind of get out of the house and like go on their first date after like two years or whatever it was, I was happy for them. But that's because of 
offline circumstances that I knew about, not because what a sweet picture of them at, you know, Tracy's pub in Minneapolis or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Oh man. I tell you, this is not, uh, this is not making me want to get on Twitter. I know there's a little, there's a little movement afoot on Twitter to get me on there. And, and none of these discussions, um, do a whole lot to incline my heart toward it. Ted, I don't is, know why. Big okay. T. Ted, what, what in the world could incline your heart towards getting on Twitter? Because Dude, I, nothing. I was going to say, because I, I don't think thing. it exists. I can't think of one thing that I would like about it, to be honest. What if you Not got paid? One. What's that? What if you got paid? Dude, if I got paid, I would probably do it if the, if the number was right. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, are you, would you inadvertently, are, you know, if, by, by using it as a way to promote your own books, would that be a, a way to sort of No, because that doesn't paid? work, man. That doesn't work. I know that doesn't work. So, and and it, it doesn't work commensurate with the amount of effort that it would take. You know what I mean? Um, the amount so of clicking? That's it. Well, no, not the clicking, but I'm, I'm talking about like the, the sort of cosmic and emotional effort. You know what I mean? Mm. Slogging through everybody's cleverness and photos like <laughs> I don't want it. You know, I, I just don't. It's too much. I can't do it. We're just going to let that we're yeah, just going to let that literally do it. fade out like a note just like literally just fading out into the sunset. I just can't do it, guys. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. <laughs> fade to boys. We have uh we have done what we always do on this program, which is to wander to and fro. Uh I've enjoyed it. Um it's not every day that you get to talk about uh online personas, erectile dysfunction and Christmas parades. I feel like we're the only program uh, maybe in the world that can deliver uh, those three topics in the same. I think that's true. In the wor- I, I think we like right now we could have just done a Guinness Book of World Record, couldn't we? Like I'd like only- to see the rankings. We haven't we haven't lately looked at the iTunes rankings overseas. I want to see how we're doing in Europe, but uh, Europe, Scandinavia, um, those sorts of places. I, I Happy know- rant. The only program in the world. That's what I want our tagline to be. The only program in the world. Yeah, not with a qualifier after that. Just the only program in the world. That's what I mean. The happy rent. The only program in the world. That's the goal, Big R. See, I can't be on Twitter a bunch of hours a week when I'm working toward that. I need to be single-minded about that. I know. You do, man. You need to be focused. You need to be focused, Big T. This show is everything to me. This show is my kids. You know what I mean? I know that. I know that. See, that's the thing. You got something different going on than me and Piper, and that's why this show, and as the as as the really as the MC of this show, Big T, this needs to be your primary, primary focus. And, and it really is. I just want I know. To- I notice. I mean, the amount of hours and the, the time you spend. I mean, someday, you know what, Big T, maybe this is maybe this is a topic for the next podcast. But I want you to explain to our listeners all sort of the, the vocal exercises that you do before you <laughs> start one of our podcasts. You know? Yeah, I know. It's extensive. You know, it, I would just have them watch the movie The King's Speech. You know, right. I feel like yes. I could give them a little a little window into what our lives look like as radio pros. Um, but you know what? I don't want to bore them. I don't want to uh, move back the curtain. I mean, if they can just enjoy the magic that happens, uh, once a week on Mondays when the show drops, then, uh, then I, I feel good. I feel gratified. You know, That's it's well sort said. of like, it's posting a picture of a nice meal for me. You know, this is the equivalent. <laughs> so you, you are validated. I'm validated. My life has meaning because of this program. It and, does. Uh, boys, let's end it there. Um, we have wandered to and fro. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination 
dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.